Hello and welcome to Uncorked with Funny Wine Girl. I'm Funny Wine Girl, Janine Luby. So thanks for joining me. And uh, this week's episode is called, okay, hold on to your hats, folks, or your stems. It's called Grape Expectations. Whoa. Yeah, I know. I know you've seen that before. (laughs) It's been used. So why is it Grape Expectations? Because we're going to talk a little bit about how we expect things. We have ideas in our head, uh, what we expect, um, and then what we end up finding. And grapes, because of course, we're going to feature wine a little bit more prominently this week than we have in past episodes. So specifically, I want to talk about my weekend, girls weekend trip, uh, road trip, if you will, a little weekend getaway that I took with uh, my good friend Tina Gallagher, who is a romance author. So be sure to look her up, Tina Gallagher, G-A-L-L-A-G-H-E-R. I'm also fortunate enough that she has... uh, What's the word? She's bestowed upon me the great privilege and honor of editing and proofreading her novels. So I've been able to do that for about the past year because that's one of the many hats that I wear or one of the gigs I have in my gig life that I do edit, uh, copyright, edit, proofread, that sort of thing. So I've been really enjoying my gig with her. So we had a really fun time. It was it was part business, but since our business is fun, I mean, come on, she writes romance novels and I talk about wine. So, and I also do stand-up comedy and laughter yoga. So how could our trip not be fun, right? That's a lovely blend or varietal, as they might say. So I always like to talk about What is in your glass tonight? And I have had a few episodes that I recorded earlier in the day. So I was drinking coffee, but it is eight o'clock, a little bit later than I like to record. So I've already actually had, don't tell anyone, uh, a glass or two of what's in my glass. I am drinking Sauvignon Blanc, which is one of my favorites. This one tonight that I tried for the very first time, um, I have to say I don't love it. Uh, It is not one of my favorite Sauvignon Blancs. It is from Chateau Saint-Michel, which is a vineyard in the Washington Valley, which is in, uh, excuse me, it is a vineyard in Columbia Valley, which is in Washington State. And Washington State, and specifically the Columbia Valley, has been really making a name for itself for wines. And I actually do like Chateau Saint-Michel's Gewurztraminer. It's, it's, probably one of my favorites. I really do enjoy it. And I did try their Riesling recently, and that was pretty good. But I have to say I'm not loving this Sauvignon Blanc tonight. I do like um, Cupcake Sauvignon Blanc. It's it's fruitier. You can definitely taste the different citrus flavors. Um, I like Jitterbug by Traveling Vineyard, which I actually do uh, promote because I am a wine guide for Traveling Vineyard. Um, there are numerous different uh, pl- labels that I'm forgetting the name of. Excuse me. <laughs> uh, there are many good ones that come out of New Zealand. And I did try a couple of those because, again, I'm in the liquor store and I'm like, I'll try it, whatever. I, I'm open to trying different wines. But um, so anyway, I'm drinking Sauvignon Blanc, which is a really favorite of mine for the summertime because it's often very crisp, uh, fruity. And, you know, it's been a hot week so far. And I have to say, I feel like Even though we have our air conditioning on, um, the wine's getting warmer than usual awfully quickly. So that could have something to do with my enjoyment or lack of enjoyment of it. 
So I hope that whatever you're listening, oh my goodness, whatever is in your glass while you're listening, oh, pardon me, um, I hope you're enjoying yourself. I hope you're having a good week and I hope you just sit back, relax, and I hope that I can inform you a little, entertain you a little, and that the time passes and uh, you have some fun with me. So this week, I'm not going to have a guest join me. I will have Tina as a guest soon because I don't know if you've listened to any of my episodes before. We did a mini episode. I say mini because it was only about five or six minutes. One day, Tina and I were working out in her garage and I wanted to test out the Anchor app. I use Anchor to record my podcast. And I have the app on my iPhone and I said, let's give it a try. I just want to see how it sounds. And I have to admit, we had both just finished working out and I asked her a few questions and, you know, she did great, but um, I want to give her the proper time to prepare for a full podcast. So we'll definitely be doing that soon because she has got really exciting things going on with her romance novels. She um, she features a made up uh, professional baseball team called the Carolina Waves, and she will be putting out her sixth book in that series very soon and then she'll be going on to her next series which I will not say anything about that it's not my place to introduce that so um, anyway Tina and I took a little road trip this past weekend a little girls weekend to Connecticut so some things I want to talk about tonight some highlights Um, just offer you some ideas if you are looking for a weekend getaway and you enjoy wine, some other things that you might want to check out while you were there, and, um, just some of our highlights, some things that, you know, that we enjoyed. Um, I will start off by saying this is just me being me and self-deprecating and trying to find the humor in my life as I reach a certain age, um, Yeah, I guess apparently I've stopped worrying about any kind of sex appeal whatsoever. Not that I was looking to have sex appeal on my trip with Tina. I mean, she's a married woman. We're both straight and um, I wasn't looking to turn her head by any means. (laughs) But I, I remember a time when I actually used to get my underwear from Victoria's Secret and now I'm just like, oh, what can I buy in a, you know, multi-pack? Uh, oh, a 10-pack of Hanes Cotton Briefs from Target. Perfect. So I made sure to get those before the trip. So, you know, because, I mean, it's not like I don't do a wash, but sometimes I'm like, oh, the underwear are drying or where are they? Are they in my drawer? Are they in the hamper? And I was like, I want to make sure I have enough clean underwear for the trip. Eh, let's just buy some Hanes Cotton Briefs because that'll do. Yeah, so I laugh at myself because that and the other big purchase I had to make before we hit the road was um, my favorite um, heartburn medicine. So yeah, you can tell I'm aging when I'm super excited when I find my favorite heartburn medicine, uh, which in case you're wondering, by the way, it's um, it's a nighttime medicine. It's, it's not medicine, really. It's Alka-Seltzer's uh, Gummies. They're for the nighttime when you have heartburn because they also have melanin. Melanin? No, melatonin. I always mess that up. And you think I would have looked that up before. One is is for your skin. So this must be melanin, not mel- or melatonin. Oh, how embarrassing. Anyway, it's got the thing that makes you sleep in it. <laughs> you think I would know. But it, it was missing from the aisles of the pharmacy for like a month. They were out of my gummies. And I was going to sleep in agony uh, with heartburn. 
And so finally, about a week or so ago in the Clark Summit Rite Aid in Pennsylvania here, I found the gummies and I was so delighted because they were on sale. And of course, I bought two. So yeah, I had to throw those in my bag and my fresh pack of cotton briefs from Target. Wow, I was a woman about town ready to hit the road. Very exciting. This is my life now. Um, So anyway, Tina and I hit the road in her lovely uh, Volkswagen convertible. And I know it sounds really cool and I don't want to make it sound less cool, but we did not put the top down. Obviously, we weren't going to have the top down for a two and a half hour long ride. We did think about it later and then we just didn't do it. But I have uh, ridden with Tina with the top down and I have to say it's pretty badass. It's pretty cool. You definitely feel like a badass bitch when your hair is blown and it's just like it's very cool. So we did not do that. But we hit the road in her Volkswagen and I'm so grateful that she drove because I also have driving anxiety. If I could make myself sound any cooler right now. Uh, So yeah, I drive distances, but not really long distances anymore, like an hour, an hour and a half. And then I start to get kind of like uh, anxiety ridden. So Tina was kind enough to drive. We had our bags all packed and we headed to Connecticut. So why Connecticut? So here's why. For the past few years, I was watching episodes of Flea Market Flip hosted by Good Morning America's Lara Spencer, and it's on HGTV, and I would just binge watch it because the funny thing is, I don't know why, but I could never find when it was actually airing, so I would find it on demand, and I would just like binge watch, you know, four or five episodes. And I, for a couple of years, I was like in love with the show because basically the premise is it's a reality show. And apparently Lara really likes going to flea markets and yard sales and flipping things herself. Supposedly she does this. Um, now, of course, she has a good job and good money, but still maybe she likes it for the challenge, for the creativity, whatever, who knows. So she has this, uh, this excuse me, this uh, television show. And um, there's usually two people. They could be friends. They could be a couple. So there's two teams of two. And they're competing against one another. And so basically they go to a flea market, usually one of about four that they feature. And one of those that they feature is called the Elephant Trunk Flea Market in New Milford, Connecticut. So you see where I'm going with this. Uh, Another one is in, I believe, Bromfield or something. It's in Massachusetts. And then there's the, I think it's called the Storm Barn, Storm something in upstate New York. And there may be another one. They feature just a few different flea markets. And basically they film there and the couples, uh, the teams are given a list. They have to complete three different projects. And there's usually a theme to that. Like maybe one has to be storage one might have to be uh, reinvention and one might be just like maybe sprucing up uh, something old and making it new, whatever. So they're given their list of projects and they go and walk around the flea market and they look for things. And they're also given a budget. Um, you know, again, you think I would have looked up these details beforehand, but I, I figure it's not going to matter to you whether the couples are given $300 or $500. It doesn't matter, but they are given a certain amount of money to spend. Now, obviously, uh, it is a competition. So if you can get stuff cheaper, that makes sense, right? Because you're making things. Things, you're reinventing them and then the goal at the end toward the end of the show is 
once you've reinvented your three things, you're going to try to sell them at another flea market. And a lot of those times they were in Long Island. They were in, uh, excuse me, Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Flea, Long Island Flea Market, uh, a couple other places in New York City where they would go and people would come around and they would basically try to sell their items, their upcycled items for as much as they could. And then, of course, you have to deduct what they spent on uh, what they bought at the flea market and whoever you know made the most profit is the winner that's the idea of the show flea market flip and it's cool I I got to notice after well (laughs) it didn't take too long but I still enjoyed it for a couple of years but basically a lot of times people end up making the same kind of thing like they'll buy an old bookcase and turn it into a bar they'll buy an old table turn it into a bar that's that's a popular item um and they're often making for uh, small apartments. They're thinking of what people in New York City might like. So how can people in New York City maximize space? So maybe a bar cart, something that they could wheel around that could also serve as a dining table, something like that. So anyway, I had seen the Elephant Trunk Flea Market on Lara Spencer's show. And it looked pretty cool. Now, of course, anything on TV is going to look cooler because, of course, she's there and they're doing a reality show. And so I had watched for a few years and I had always said, you know, I liked I looked it up online. and I thought, wow, that's less than three hours away. I'd like to go there. Now, in all honesty, the place in New York is probably the same distance or similar. It's not too much farther. Uh, the place in Massachusetts, I believe, is like five or six hours. So there, I'm probably not going there just for a flea market. Because let me give the disclaimer, I'm not exactly someone who does a lot of flipping. So it's not like this is my business and it makes sense that I would take a road trip. This is just something I'm interested in. And I do like to... Oh, I like to find treasure in trash. You know, the old saying, and Gabby and I last week spoke about it in my episode, No More Labels. We talked about the idea that she was was given by her father years ago. Um, one man's trash or one person's trash is another person's treasure. And it is true. My mother will often tease me about being a, a rag picker. I believe that was an expression she got from her mom, my grandmother. A rag picker, a garbage picker, because I have done this and I will continue to do this when I'm out for a run this often when I get to see other people's trash in the neighborhood or the you know the surrounding neighborhoods I (laughs) I have often stopped to pick up items now I haven't necessarily picked them up and then ran with them unless they were small items that I could handle but I have been known to stop my run text or call a friend and say hey Are you nearby or are you close by? Can you come and get me? I did do that one Sunday and uh, my friend Greg was at a coffee shop and he met me and uh, we went and picked up um, this like print that was, you know, nothing fancy, but it was French and I love French things. It was out for the garbage. So of course I wanted to get it. In the process, we found another home that was putting out this little side table, this end table. So I took that home and of course I didn't do too much with that like I envisioned that I would but I did change the knobs on it and of course the knobs are French they have the Eiffel Tower on them so I have been known to pick up things on the curb I have no problem with that although excuse me let me stop I say I have no problem with that but if it's just me and I'm picking the items up I look like someone who's about to commit a crime Excuse me. I don't really know how to edit too much yet, and I'm taking a little bit of a water break, so I apologize. Um, Yeah, so when I do it, 
I like to say this is a combination of me being a woman and Catholic because I don't know. It's just it's this is not the same thing for other women. I know. But for me, I feel guilty all, a lot. I feel um, I need to apologize a lot. And women apologize way more than we need to. And <laughs> as we know, our counterparts, men hardly ever apologize uh, and they don't apologize enough, although there are obviously there are exceptions to to the rule, right? And maybe you're married to one and maybe you know one, so good for you. Um, but anyway, um, I tend to look around when I'm about to take something off a curb and I feel like I'm doing something wrong, So, which only makes it look worse. You know, I have my little shifty little eyes before I put things in my trunk. So point being, I like, uh, I like saving things from the garbage dump. That's it. I mean, we have enough waste in this country, in the world, but I will say in this country because I've witnessed it with some of my own friends and relatives where, you know, oh, you broke that toy. Don't worry. We'll just get you another one. There's no reason to have a conversation about how this is going to end up in a garbage dump. Um, but many people do give old toys away. They sell them on Facebook, which is great. Um, tossing stuff is never a cool way to go because we have enough crap in the uh, the landfills, the mountain mountainous landfills. So I like to try to help out the environment. And quite frankly, if I'm walking past a home and they're getting rid of a sturdy table, why wouldn't I do it? You know, you can always repaint it. You could decoupage it, you know, put pictures of something on it, cool stencil paint on it. You can do all sorts of things. Uh, last summer, I found a cart you know, with wheels that I used on my deck. And I just got rid of it this year because it was kind of warped after a year outside. But there are all kinds of things that you can either use as is, just brighten up with some paint or upcycle and turn them into something else. So that's why I wanted to visit the Elephant Trunk Flea Market. Now, I will say... Um, that was the main reason for going there. One of my main reasons. And then I thought, you know what? I like wine. And there are definitely wine, uh, vineyards, wineries, vineyards in Connecticut. And there's the Connecticut wine trail. So I said, Hey, let's go. Let's make a weekend of it. We'll go to the flea market on Sunday morning, Saturday and Sunday. We'll check out some wineries. It'll be a good time. So of course, Tina's a good sport. She likes to travel and Hey, she's a writer. You can get ideas literally anywhere, right? So why not go there? And let's face it, a flea market has a lot of old stuff that's full of stories that can give you ideas. Excuse me, wine break. So we head off to Connecticut. And I'm just going to tell this in chronological order because I don't really have any other preference of telling it. (laughs) So Saturday we take off, uh, I don't know what time it is, maybe 10 o'clock, whatever. And we get out there and we were staying in an Airbnb and check-in wasn't until three o'clock. So we went to a brewery. Oh gosh, it was called, oh, I'm going to totally destroy the name, but like Hoosack River Brewery, something like that. It's an H-O-U-S something something. It uh, was only, oh gosh, maybe five, six miles from where we were staying in Sherman, Connecticut. So it's this brewery that looked pretty fun. They get food trucks and Saturday was going to be some chicken food truck. Like, okay, it seems pretty, you know, pretty uh, easy breezy. So we get there and (laughs) I think there's like two people in the place. Uh, On the website, there's like, you know, pictures of when it's a rip-roaring good time and there's like 30, 40, 50, 100 people. And so here's the deal. I say rip-roaring good time, but quite frankly, even before the, the pandemic, 
I started getting sick of people. Um, and I say that with love. I don't love crowds anymore. I don't love being around a ton of people. I just don't, especially the louder it gets. So yeah, I know I am sounding like such a bag of fun right now. <laughs> but anyway, we got there. There was only a couple people. That was fine by me. Honestly, that was cool. Um, and what, you know, let me tell you one thing I really like about this brewery. And this is where I'll probably lose people and just say, listen, I'm going to say this. Don't hate me. Okay. Just, just don't, don't, don't hate me because of this. Fast forward or maybe just skip this week's episode. What I liked about this brewery is that they make a point of saying on their website and they post it in a couple places on the property that you must be 21 years old to go in there. I like that. Now, I am someone who does not have children, but I like the fact that you can sit in a place that's just for adults. Um, I'm not going to go off too much on that topic because I don't want to, I don't know, people will get offended, although I don't know why. Um, I personally don't think kids need to be at breweries and wineries. I know a lot of people like to bring them there, and that's okay if they're you know, going to stay well-behaved, but like, I personally don't love hearing kids screaming or like trying to watch that I don't trip over them. Um, but that's just me. That's just me. So I kind of like that this is a place just for adults. And quite frankly, I mean, all you moms and dads out there, don't you deserve a little time where it's just you guys or just you with your friends and maybe your husband babysits or when it's his turn, you babysit? I mean, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe you guys can't be separated from your kids. And I wouldn't understand that. I truly wouldn't. But but I'm just saying, you deserve some time just for you. So I like the fact that this brewery was adults only. And it made a point of saying that, which I thought was nice. That's what I thought. Anyway, so we get there and we sit outside. And there's, like I said, maybe a couple more people came. Maybe there were six or seven people, eight people, whatever. Um, the chicken truck was not there when we pulled in. And uh, that was unfortunate because we were both hungry. So we both had a hankering for our chicken. Uh, but we both got beer. I am someone, <laughs> I will say, unfortunately, because it would be nice if I didn't enjoy all kinds of alcohol, but I do. I like wine, but I also like beer. I like martinis. Uh, I don't care for shots. I don't really drink much bourbon or whiskey, so maybe that's a good thing. I don't love everything <laughs> alcoholic, but I do like beer. I enjoy breweries, so I am partial to Pilsner beers. I like Belgium beers, like a Vit, that kind of thing, like a Blue Moon. So I had what was called the Dirty Bomber, and it was a um it was like a belgium white beer and uh, it was a blonde i liked it a lot uh tina i think had a pilsner which uh is another beer that i like so they're both similar in color and we went outside we enjoyed it they had cornhole there um they were not having a band that day but i know sunday the next day they were so we had a good time we were just chilling relaxing and it was very hot this past weekend so we're just chilling nothing too exciting i don't want to bore you guys we eventually had our chicken but let me tell you the fries are the highlight of our visit there the beer was good i i think tina enjoyed hers i definitely enjoyed mine i had two um the fries were to die for. These were called loaded fries and they were waffle fries with like scallions, uh, bacon bits, cheese, of course. You could put cheese on like a pile of dust or lint and I'd be like, oh my God, give me more. So it was the, the fries were the highlight, honestly. They were delightful. 
And I am going to put all this information on my funny wine girl page on Facebook. I'm going to put pictures and names of all the places that I obviously am not prepared to say correctly right now. So I will have the name of the brewery. I will have pictures so that you can see and uh, you can check out their schedule because apparently every weekend they have a different um, different food trick and they kind of mix it up. I think they, they tend to work with maybe like a handful of the same ones. So there's probably some repeats in there. So after that, we headed to our, uh, toward our Airbnb, um, but I had to pick up wine first, wine first. Oh my gosh, excuse me. Uh, <laughs> I have wine on the brain, but that's not true. Tina actually was the, the kind woman and brought us at least four or five bottles of wine, but I needed milk for my, uh, I'm a coffee drinker and I, I know the place we were staying had a Keurig coffee maker, so we needed to find the IGA. So that took a while and then we got to our Airbnb. Now that was in Sherman, Connecticut. And it was um, in a lake community. It was Candlewood Lake, which is apparently the largest lake in Connecticut. So we got there and nothing super eventful there except the person who was my contact for this Airbnb did not mention that she would not be there. So we were just a little surprised that her it was her son that helped us out, which he was very nice. Um, A little different. A little bit different, so it had me thinking of um, envisioning kind of like a lifetime special where I, I thought briefly we could be running in the middle of the night, you know, through the woods, screaming for our lives, but but he was a nice guy and <laughs> just a little bit different. I'll use that word. Anyway, he was a nice enough guy. He checked us in and uh, he showed us around. We were staying in, I guess you could call it like a studio apartment that was below the main residence and it was beautiful. It truly, truly was. The only thing I would say is it was, and my gosh, it, it was beautiful. I mean, it had a stone fireplace. It had a gorgeous, like handmade, it looked like right out of a tree kind of thing, uh, wooden uh, dining table where you could seat like six people. Gorgeous, like big kitchen. But I was just a little confused for like a studio apartment. The kitchen is huge. It seats like six people. And then you have like a rowing machine, you have a treadmill, you have about 30 different, you know, weights, and you have like uh, two sitting chairs, two couches, and they're all kind of in a square by the, you know, facing the fireplace. And then in this rather nice size portion of the, the place, there is a pool table. I I think that's cool for people who like to play pool, but I personally, my only critique is that I would have rathered a private sleeping area, like add another bed with a pullout or a uh, couple screens and put a little bed in there. Instead, you had a pullout couch, you had access to an air mattress and an ottoman that flipped over to be like a twin bed, and then of course this other long couch. So that's what I ended up sleeping on. And I know know these details are probably completely mundane, and I apologize if they are boring you, so feel free to fast forward. Um, So that's our place, gorgeous. I will post pictures, it was nice. My highlight of the, uh, actually the trip I would even say, and of the place where we stayed, the patio with the Adirondack chairs with the view of the lake. I am a big nature person and I will find a way to work this into a topic in the coming weeks where I can interview somebody because I love to kayak. I love to, I used to swim when I was younger. I'm not a huge fan of swimming in the ocean or lakes. As a kid, I think I had too many run-ins with um, getting seaweed caught on my feet in the lake at Lake Winola where um, I spent a lot of time where my aunt and uncle had a, um, a trailer. 
they came up from New Jersey and they had a mobile home. And as a kid, my dad would dip me in the water and pull me up and I would come up screaming if I had seaweed stuck to my uh, my toes. But in any case, um, I love kayaking. I love hiking. I like running on trails. I love the sound of quiet, <laughs> the sound of birds. Let's put it this way. I will take the sound of birds over screaming kids any day. And I'm not talking about squawking crows because that's not pleasant, but I mean the chirping sounds of birds. Um, Um, the sound of just like, you know, crickets and there's just a stillness to it that I just really, I appreciate. And I guess I need anymore. Um, I will admit that my hormones can go off the charts at times because I'm getting to a certain age where I feel like the Hulk. It's like, you know, you don't want to see me when I'm angry. So I appreciate the stillness and the tranquility of nature. And this, uh, location was gorgeous for that. I mean, you know, I don't care what time it was. It was the morning, the, you know, the afternoon, the evening. Now, granted, we were there on a weekend, but it was so peaceful there. I mean, we might have seen a couple cars, you know, when we went for a walk around the development, but it was quiet, like genuinely quiet. So I would say my favorite, truly my favorite thing was the morning sitting out in the Adirondack chairs or even on this rock, just sitting on it, looking out over the lake, drinking my coffee, having my chocolate Pop-Tart because that's how I do because uh, I'm a foodie. <laughs> um, yeah. And then in the evening, just sitting there, uh, our last night there, Sunday night, we stayed Saturday and Sunday. We sat out with uh, some Pinot Grigio called Bellamente by Traveling Vineyard, um, which is a lovely wine, and it's also a charity wine that benefits uh, the Brain Tumor Association. Every bottle uh, that's purchased, they donate a dollar, which is kind of cool. But we're sitting out there with our Bellamente and our uh, popcorn. I forget if it was Skinny Pop popcorn or whatever the heck. It was It was some locale, white cheddar popcorn. And some fish, and not fish as in the kind with scales, but like the little cheddar kind that your kids might like if you have kids. Um, but I like cheddar. <laughs> I like Cheez-It. So we had that. And we're just sitting there munching just like talking and just looking out and I you know I'm a big lover of sunsets I love taking pictures like I'm the type of person who will and has pulled off the side of the road so that I can take a picture I remember years ago driving home on 81 I live in Scranton and I was working in Wilkes-Barre and I would see it in my rearview mirror and I would pull over safely of course I'm not a complete crazy person but I would pull over And I would just have to stop and take a picture. And I've done that in other locations too, because I know it's, I don't want to say it's the same every night because it's not the same every night. Um, But it's just to me, and here's the, here's the cool thing. I have a lot of bad habits and a lot of bad traits. One of my traits that I will say is good based on the research. When you have a sense of awe about something, a sense of gratitude, it's actually good for your health. It's a really healthy thing. So that's one of my better habits um, that I still can appreciate nature and have a sense of awe. And it does help your health, by the way. So like they talk, there's studies about astronauts when they're up in space and they look down at the earth and they have such a sense of awe. They talk about it afterwards. It's an amazing feeling and it's also good for your body and your soul. So every, you know, just seeing sunsets every night, I don't, well, let me rephrase. I don't see them every night. But when I look out and I see those beautiful golds, those peaches, those orangish colors, and then they turn to like a deep pink or purple, 
I never, it never ceases to amaze me. And not every night do I get the same view, obviously, but in this particular location in Sherman, Connecticut at Candlewood Lake, it was beautiful. So I have to say the night we sat out there Sunday night was probably my favorite part of the trip because honestly, I just kept taking pictures. I'm not kidding you when I say I have about 30 pictures of the sunset because the colors just kept getting more and more beautiful. So that was a fun part. We just, we were just bonding, just chilling, just talking and just enjoying the wine, enjoying the, the sound of nature. And then our last day there, Monday, I, I am not usually a morning person unless I quote unquote have to be when I've trained in the past for, for races, like a couple of the two marathons I've run, you know, when you're running eight 18 miles, you need to prepare for that. You need to do it early. So I've done it when I've had to, but I'm not typically a morning person, but we did not use, there were blinds that you could use to keep out the sun. We never bothered pulling them down. So Tina did a good job of covering her face. And uh, now she is a mom. Maybe that has something to do with it. She's learned to like block out, you know, leave me alone. Mommy's sleeping. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, she is a very attentive mom. In fact, you know, she, she she wakes up as soon as her phone rings. But she was chilling with, um, she has different sleep hours. But she was going to chill there until about 8 o'clock. And she had her blanket over her head. But I... Just, you know, I wanted to stay there till about seven. It was six o'clock. I'm like, screw it. I can't, I can't lay here anymore and try to sleep. I'm awake. I might as well get up. And, you know, it was so worth it. I did not see the sun rise because obviously that was earlier. But sitting outside in the Adirondack chair with my, you know, gourmet chocolate pop, uh, pop tart and my coffee, I just, it was just the most peaceful thing. You know, the birds, I think they were crows. They were like squawking, but I can't even say that their sound was unpleasant. It was just nature. And then, you know, whatever was chirping in the grass, maybe crickets or whatever, just so peaceful. Looking out at the lake, it was, ugh, I could take that all the time. It was just delightful. So that was a big part of our trip. And I said I was going to go in chronological order, but I lied because that happens. So, okay, let's talk about Sunday morning. We went to the Elephant Trunk Flea Market because that was supposed to kind of be like the jewel in this crown of the weekend. It was the main reason I wanted to visit Connecticut. And um, so Sherman, Connecticut is only about a, let's say it's about a 14, 15 minute ride to the flea market in New Milford, Connecticut. And they open at, oh gosh, I want to say five o'clock. If you're an early bird, you can go, you can be a buyer, um, not just a vendor, but a buyer at like five or 5.30. It's crazy. You do need to book in advance. So check out their website. You need to book in advance if you're going to be an early bird. Um, anything before eight o'clock is considered an early bird and you do have to buy your tickets online. Eight o'clock uh, on until the flea market ends. It ends at 2 p.m. You can just pay general admission, which I think was it was $3 a person, and you can just pay at the booth when you get there. So we got there, and there were quite a few people already there. And I don't know, it's things always look different on television. You know, we got there, and we walked in, and I was like, huh, this... I expected there to be more vendors. I don't know. I will say there were some empty spaces. So I don't know if this has to do with vendors who maybe aren't comfortable going yet because of, uh, you know, the pandemic. There were some spaces. So there could have been more vendors. I would say two rows worth of vendors. So there's probably room for another... Oh, gosh, maybe another 30 to 50 vendors. So they didn't seem to have a full capacity is what I'm saying. 
Now, um, Tina commented that she thought our local flea market, we have one here in Scranton on Sunday, and it's at the local drive-in at the Circle Flea Market. Excuse me, the Circle Drive-In. It's the flea market on Sundays. She thought that ours was bigger. I will definitely say our space uh, at our drive-in, Circle Drive-In, is probably bigger. I mean, space-wise, I do think we have a bigger um, distance or geographic area, region. But do we have more vendors? I don't know. I think... I, I think maybe we do. I'm not positive about that. One thing I will say for those folks who do like flea markets, ours in Scranton on the uh, highway there in Dixon City, I feel like through the years it's changed in the sense that it's not so much of the stuff that is interesting, at least to me. Like you you like to look at things that are unique, right? You know, an old typewriter, old golf clubs, uh, furniture, um, you know, depression glass, uh, vintage bakeware, vintage Pyrex, things like that from people's attics or, or their cellars or garages or things from their, their grandparents that got passed on. That stuff is still there, but it's not like it used to be. There's a lot more of what I'll say, quote unquote, new items, like things you might find in New York City, like $10 sunglasses, uh, packages of tube socks. I don't really care about that stuff so much. Um, and I will say, while I'm talking about Scranton Circle Flea Market um, on Route 6 on the Carbondale Expressway there, Highway, I have a memory that I, I do want to share um, just to show, I don't know, just I think it was simpler. I grew up, I was born in 71. So, I mean, obviously times have changed and I'm not trying to bash anything. But, you know, as kids, we were happy with less, obviously. And I mean, I'm sure the same is true for kids in the 50s and the 40s, unless, of course, maybe they were from affluent families. Obviously, through the years, we want more and, you know, technology develops. Now kids want iPads, they want phones, you know, all of that stuff. So I was about, I remember one of my favorite memories and probably my only real memory of going to the flea market when I was a kid. I think I was like six or seven and I remember going with my father and I think my brother and I remember going, I don't remember too much of what we looked at, but I do remember what my haul or my loot was for the day. I was so, and I was so excited. I got a pencil topper that you put on and it's like one of those hair things, like kind of like the Grinch's hair or troll's hair. And when you would spin your pencil around, the hair would like fly out and then you would have to kind of like pull the hair and twist it back together so that it would come to a point. And then you'd, you know, you'd rub the the pencil together in your, between your hands and it would, the hair would go crazy again. And it had like these googly eyes. And I think it was like 50 cents. I thought that was the greatest thing. That and a book about Abraham Lincoln were my two scores. Um, haha, pun intended, reference intended. Uh, those were my two items that were the big score I had that day. And I remember I was like six or seven and it's like, you know, that was what made me happy. And I think it cost like 75 cents total for a book on Abraham Lincoln and this cool like hairy troll pencil topper. So anyway, that's my memory from that flea market. So let's come back to present day. Janine and Tina, we're cool. We're hip. I'm wearing my Hanes cotton briefs. I am so cool. Trying to stay, <laughs> trying to stay cool. I really wasn't. It was like, what, 90 degrees. And uh, I had my hat on. 
uh, my little straw hat and my sunglasses I was I was styling. So we hit the flea market and we're like, okay, let's start on the end and we'll go up each aisle, come down the next one, and then we'll hit the other side. So we were there for about two hours. Now, truth be told, if we stopped at every vendor or even every third vendor, it would have taken us much longer. But we were doing the casual glance, you know, I mean, we were talking, you know, we like to talk. Um, you know, we were we were sharing, swapping stories, and we were looking casually. We'd look to our right, we'd look to our left, we'd stop when something interested us. There was a, a couple of really old typewriters, and of course, I like that as someone who likes to to write and edit and who is a complete word nerd. But Tina, of course, as an author, she thought that was cool. So we stopped and we each took pictures of these really old Remington typewriters, which were super cool. Super cool. Yeah. Oh, my God. Super cool, man. Super cool. Uh, Clickety clack. They were really neat. And um, just it's just cool to look at that stuff. I'm kind of sorry in hindsight that we didn't stop and actually learn a little bit more about the items like what's this from? Was this yours? Was this your mother's or father's? You know, I mean, they're they're pretty cool. I do have an older um, typewriter in my uh, upstairs. It's not a Remington. It's a Smith Cor- Corolla or Corona. I forget. <laughs> Maybe I'm thinking of beer, but I think it's Smith Corolla and it's not that old. It's more like... Oh, gosh, I want to say from the 60s, maybe or 70s. And it's still cool. I love to I love it. It's really neat. But I love seeing old typewriters. And I believe if I'm not mistaken, Tom Hanks, the actor Tom Hanks collects typewriters. I think I read that this year. Any hoots. So we're walking through the flea market and my goal wasn't specific. I I didn't think I was going to go there and I was like, okay, I'm going to look for this certain baseball card or I'm going to look for this certain type of Pyrex. I'm not really a collector, to be honest. I just wanted to look. I thought if I saw cool things, I knew I probably wouldn't buy them, but I might just kind of marvel at them, look at them. And I figured if I saw anything really unique that was cool, that was wine related or French, I feel like I was French in another life. I really, you know, I love different like prints or pictures or or different things like that. So we did see a lot of different French things. I saw a serving tray, a plastic serving tray, a couple different Eiffel Towers, a couple different Paris pictures. But I did talk myself out of all of those because I do have quite a few. And I said, you don't need these. (laughs) You do not need these. So Tina and I actually both bought sunglasses. And I did buy a wine related thing, which I'm I think it's pretty cool. I'm excited about it. Do I know where I'm going to hang it? Ah, Of course, I do not know where I'm going to hang it. It is, I don't quite know how to describe it. I would say it's a decorative item for the wall. It is um, not metal. Um, I I guess we we might want to call it like a metal type of thing. And it's, um, it's wine glasses and wine bottles. And it's just spread out over about, oh gosh, maybe four feet. Um, and it's pretty cool. I'll probably end up hanging it on my living room wall or maybe in my office upstairs. I'm not really sure, but I do have some figuring out to do and some cleaning up to do before I hang it because um, I'm, I don't know if I've mentioned this, but if you've listened to previous podcasts, you know that I'm a procrastinator. So I do procrastinate on cleaning up and tidying up like piles and piles of paperwork. So my office is a wreck. Um, So it might go there or maybe it'll go on my deck. I'm not quite sure, but it's cool. So um, here's another little story. And then I do actually want to wrap up soon because I don't want you guys to be like, oh my goodness. Wow. She keeps talking. 
Um, but anyway, I, uh, <laughs> I'm not a real good, what's the word, negotiator. So this was marked, this wine, metal wine decor thing for the wall. It was marked at $15. And I said, oh, that's cool. And Tina agreed. She said, yeah, that's pretty cool. And I said, what do you think if I offer 10? Because I will tell you, whenever I've been a seller at a flea market, it drives me insane that I'll have like a necklace marked for 8 or $10 and someone will be like, will you take two? Oh my God, it aggravates the crap out of me. And I understand sometimes people just like the thrill of negotiating, but I'm like, come on, show me a little respect. So I thought, you know, is $10, does that seem fair? And, and Tina said, yeah, I think that sounds fair. So I said to the guy, would you take 10 now, I knew, of course, he probably would have even gone lower because he didn't even hesitate. He's like, sure. So, okay, I was just happy because, hey, 10 bucks isn't bad at all. Could I have gotten it lower? Sure, probably. But I, I, for me, I'm not worried about the thrill of the kill or the saving, so to speak. But I do want to share this one story of my horrible negotiating skills. About four years ago, maybe in the summer, I went uh, with my friend Leanne and we were in Luzerne County and we went to, gosh, I want to say near Hazleton, but I could be wrong. It was a pretty nice development and they were doing a yard yard sale, garage sale, whatever you want to call it. And almost every house was participating. So it was pretty big. And she said, why don't we meet and we'll go together. So we go, the first house we go to, we're looking in the garage and there's this like cute little brown purse. It was like a corduroy Tommy Hilfiger purse. And it was like, it looked like practically brand new. I mean, there was no stains on it. There was no rips. It was, it was in great shape. Now, Tommy Hilfiger, it's a junior brand. I don't know, maybe this was $25, $30, $35 at most brand new, but still it's in great shape. So I look at it and it has written on it a dollar. <laughs> and I look at the woman and I say to her, a dollar, that's it? To the point where the woman says to me, oh, okay, how about two? And that is literally what happened. And I gave her $2. So Leanne, my friend, lost it because she thought, oh my God, you are not supposed to upsell. You are not supposed to pay more than what they're looking for. You're supposed to negotiate down. So that was kind of a great start to our day because I was like, oh my God, I just don't do this very well. And the woman, I think, was just startled by me. And she's like, well, okay, give me $2 then. So I gave her $2, but I did learn my lesson. Because then the next house I went to, they had a painting. And of course, it was like a French scene. It reminded me of like um, a Monet painting or a Renoir uh, painting. And I did not offer. All I said was, oh, how much is this? And I think the painting was like 2 or $3. And I go, okay. And I just gave them the money. I didn't like freak out like, that's all you want? I would have been like paying uh, a lot more than I needed to <laughs> for that day. So I am not a good negotiator, but I did get my wine metal decor from the Elephant Trunk Flea Market for $10. And I'm happy about that. I look forward to to hanging it. So here we are. We're already like 46 minutes into this podcast. And you're thinking, wow, we didn't really get too far, Janine. You just talked a lot about stuff and we didn't even get to the wineries yet. You're right. We didn't. So um, the wineries, there is a Connecticut wine trail and you can go to ctwine.com. And as I said, check out Funny Wine Girl on Facebook. That is my page. I am going to post photos of what I bought. I'm going to post photos of the places we visited and the name so that if you are interested in going, that you would check it out. So would I recommend this for someone as a weekend trip? Well, hey, here's the thing. 
It depends on what you're interested in, obviously. If you're a person who enjoys flea market flip, then you may like this this kind of trip. And if you like wine and you like flea market flip or you like negotiating, you like upcycling, I would definitely recommend it. It's, you know what I mean? There's, there's wineries, there's breweries, and there's, you know, of course, the elephant trunk flea market. <clears throat> Pardon me. So... Yeah, I would recommend it. And I think it is pretty cool that depending on where you live, I know where we live. I live in Scranton, Pennsylvania. I can go to the Finger Lakes, which are, well, depending on where you go, two and a half to three hours. And you can visit a ton of different wineries. There's antique shops. There are beautiful falls, which that could be a different topic for a different time. But, uh, you know, Watkins Glen, there's a racetrack up there. There's a beautiful state park with gorgeous waterfalls. So you can see nature and you can check out a bunch of different wineries. So if you do like wine, but you also want a little more with your trip for the weekend, there are a lot of different places you can visit. And if you live in Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey, I would recommend uh, Connecticut as a nice weekend getaway, especially if you do like the idea of visiting the flea market. Uh, that is in New Milford, Connecticut. And as I said, there are many wineries. So if you check out ctwine.com, that is the wine trail in Connecticut. So I actually did not check this out beforehand, believe it or not. Can you imagine? Because I am not the person who's going to read 30 consumer reports before I buy my car or my computer. I'm the person who's going to put it off for as long as possible, and then I'm going to hear from a friend or two what they like, and then maybe I'll check out something online. (laughs) That's how I work. But you know what? Here's the thing. Awareness is the first step. So I am aware of of how I am and who I am. So I did look up wineries that were close to um, New Milford. And I found five or six. And I will tell you, when I looked at their websites, I did do a little research. I didn't love that at least three or four of them that I looked at had a lot of what I will call fruit wines. I did not think that I would like those. Now, I will say in hindsight, perhaps I should have given them a chance anyway, because you never know until you try it. There was a place that was only miles from where we were staying called White Silo Winery. But again, I thought their wines would just not appeal to me. But the woman who uh, was our host at the Airbnb she said, Oh, we have a winery called White Silo and they have a really good rhubarb wine. Well, to me, rhubarb wine doesn't sound good. But again, I probably should have been more open-minded. So I would recommend be open-minded. Unlike me, I was closed-minded there. So I did find a couple places. Um, Hawkins, excuse me, Hawk Ridge Winery is in Watertown, Connecticut. And that was going to be about a 40-minute ride. But I didn't think that was too bad. And they have bands on Saturdays and Sundays. And they seem to have wines that looked appealing, like uh, Chardonnay. Traminette, Saval. Uh, again, I'm a, a white wine fan. So that was one I wanted to go to. After our little exploration of the flea market, it was only like, oh gosh, maybe a little bit after 10. And I assumed that they would open at noon or excuse me, 11, and they did not open until noon. So now we had more time to kill. And we both know, which is, it's good. I'm not the only nerd here. Tina and I are both nerds here. We knew that if we got back to our our place at the Airbnb, we might give in to the air conditioning and not want to head out or we just might be dragging our feet. So it's kind of like, you know, when you reach a certain age, you're like, 
you got to go while the getting's good. So once we were out there, we're like, let's keep going. So we kind of thought, well, let's try a different winery that opens at 11. That's closer. So we looked into uh, a winery called DeGrazia, and that's in Brookfield, Connecticut, and it was only minutes or so away from uh, the flea market. So we get on the windy roads, and we're basically in a neighborhood with all uh, homes, And the GPS, you know how GPSs are. They're so much fun. You have arrived. In the meantime, you're like in the middle of a field and there's nothing. So in this case, we were in the middle of a neighborhood and it was all homes. We're like, oh, well, maybe it's a small winery. You know, who knows? Maybe someone's operating out of their tub. And we looked around and could not find this place. So, you know, we know we have time because it's not even 11 o'clock. We kind of circle the neighborhood and could never really find that winery. So we look uh, at a couple websites and we find that Hopkins Winery is about, I think at that point, maybe 25 minutes away. We're like, great, perfect. It opens at 11. We'll get there. And sure enough, we arrived at just as the woman was putting out her open flag. And Hopkins Winery is in Warren, Connecticut. It is on the north shore of Lake Waramog. And I don't know if I messed up that name. But it had a lovely view of the lake, and it's an old family farm that dates back to 1787. And let me tell you, it was a very charming place. They redid their old barn, very rustic, very cool. And apparently it's been many things through the years. Um, And it was in 1979 that they first planted uh, vines, so they had the idea of, of making it a vineyard. Um, so it was pretty cool. They turned this 19th century barn into a winery. So we walked in and, um, you know, very cute little shop with glasses and, and gourmet foods. And we were both starving. Um, I wasn't going to pay $25 for a teeny tiny container of cheese though. So we basically got, uh, olive oil crackers that had rosemary in them. We're like, yeah, that's perfect. And we bought a flight of wine. So for $20, you got six different wines. And again, I will, I will post a picture of those with the different names, um, And I said to Tina, now Tina was driving and she said she really, obviously she was going to be a good girl. She only wanted to taste a little bit. So she said, I said, well, you pick three and I'll pick three. So we did. And as to my point of before of being more open-minded, there was a peach wine on there and Tina picked that. And I thought to myself, I'm not going to like the peach wine. But I have to say, I tried it and it was very crisp and it was actually pretty tasty and it was not heavy on the peach flavor. So for those of you who do like basically drinking a Jolly Rancher uh, candy or something, you probably wouldn't like it. Um, It was really subtle peach and it was actually pretty nice. So um, I have to say, I did not love the rosé that I tried. I think it was called Lady Rosé. It was a little astringent, uh, a little harsh, maybe too acidic. Um, But I did end up buying two bottles of wine. One is called Duet and the other is called West Wind. And the West Wind is like a semi-sweet and the um, Duet is considered dry. I didn't really think it was too dry, but I did enjoy it. And both of them, I know at least, actually I think it is both of them, that have some Vidal Blanc uh, in them. And I like Vidal Blanc. I've had it at other wineries. And I just think it's it's crisp. Uh, it's not a heavy kind of wine. There's not a lot of fruit taste, but it's just crisp. And I did enjoy that. So, uh, you know, we sat there looking at the lake, just chit-chatting, having our crackers. And then we headed off to uh, Hawk Ridge Winery, which is in, as I said, 
Watertown, Connecticut. So from Warren, that is a little bit of a ride. So if you all want to drink, you should probably get a driver, um, a you know, uh, either get an Uber or rent a bus or a limo because you know the wineries are spread out. Now you could probably find more that are clustered together, but there is going to be driving involved. So Tina was was not really drinking. Uh, she only had a couple tastes, and she drove. So we got over to Hawk Ridge Winery and. Wow, what a difference. These two wineries, and I will tell you, we only visited two. Again, as I said before, I'm feeling super exciting as I'm packing my cotton briefs and my heartburn medicine. I am really raising, ready to raise hell. <laughs> uh, we only went to, to two wineries, and part of me feels sorry that we didn't do more, but you know what? I'm also not sorry. I am a big fan of like kind of chilling these days and uh, the time I spent on the patio looking at the uh, lake was really my highlight to be honest. So uh, Hopkins was not very crowded. Uh, it started to get more crowded and they were getting a band but as I said we went over to Hawk Ridge. A big difference. Hopkins has this 19th century um, farmhouse uh, barn excuse me a barn turned into a winery very rustic very charming and then you get to Hawk Ridge, and I, I'm not dissing it, but it's just very different. It was huge. It, it reminded me of a lot of um, newer modern wineries now where they're building for crowds. Not so much charm as they're building for capacity. Um, it, was, it was just a newer building. And this place, um, Hawk Ridge is definitely a newer vineyard. Um, it has only been around, I want to say, for about five years, maybe. Um, yeah, it's it's somewhat newer. And it was just this giant, giant place and a ton of people. I mean, we were parked in the grass and, I, I gosh, I don't even know how many cars were there. Maybe a couple hundred at that point or over, at least over 100 cars. And that was about 1 o'clock and they had opened at noon. So, So my point here is... These are worlds apart, um, just very different. So the, these, this place was open in 2017, this Hawk Ridge. So it's only been open for four years. Definitely beautiful views. I mean, gorgeous, gorgeous meadows, um, lovely deck, really nice. But you walk in and to me, when you just have really high ceilings and there's so much space, you probably could fit like 500 to 1,000 people in it. There's no charm in that. Um there's ability to pack people into. And there was a ton of, um, I don't want to say a ton, but there were several tables and chairs and there were people with uh, balloons and they were celebrating like birthdays and uh, gosh, I want to say like uh, anniversaries. And then there was a wedding proposal. It, it was more like to me, and again, keep in mind, I always joke, I don't know if I'm an introverted extrovert or an extroverted introvert because I'm actually shy even though I do perform comedy. I don't love crowds of people. So for me, this is more like a circus. It was very crowded. Um, they did have, when you get up to the counter, it was a much bigger place. They did have tastings that you could do for $6, three white wines, three red wines. But I'm not a huge red wine drinker. It was already quite warm and I just wanted to get a white and I got a Save All Blanc and Tina got one of their wine slushies. Those look good. So she got, I believe it was mango pineapple. 
And we were starving, so we ordered a buffalo chicken dip and calamari. So we went outside, and funny story about the food. They said they would text us, so we're sitting out there, you know, BSing, just, you know, shooting the breeze. Speaking of which, there was a lovely breeze on the deck. That was very nice. And in the back there, there was meadows where people could bring their own chairs, and there's this gorgeous, like, probably handmade special for them like a metal um hawk that everyone was taking their picture by and apparently the name of the vineyard it was named because there are a lot of red tail hawks that soar above the meadow so you know I mean it was very pretty but we're sitting there and I mean I'm listening to Tina and but I'm also very hungry and I, I mean after about what felt like forever I said to her oh did they did they text you and she, you know, she said, no, but, you know, that guy was just in front of us and he just came out with his food. I said, OK, that makes sense. We can wait. And she goes, I'll give it a couple more minutes then I'll go in. So it turns out she went in to get our food and they had actually called. I guess it was just really bad service up there. They had called a couple times and texted. it. They even like called her husband at home in Pennsylvania. So that's kind of weird, kind of funny. I don't know how the heck that happened, but we eventually got our food. Uh, Tina liked her 